I don't want to belabor the time here this morning. I want to read from Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. As you find it, I do uh, just want to say it is an honor to be back in so many familiar faces, uh, which is always great to see, but then also new faces. It's always, I think, both are a sign of a healthy church where you have those who have been here and you see uh, those who God is bringing here uh, to to be a part of this body. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, the Bible says, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. I want to preach here for the next few moments simply about the provision of God. It's my prayer, it's my belief that there will be revelation in this house this morning and somebody will leave with a greater appreciation for the provision of God. Uh, Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your power, your presence. Thank you once again for your anointing that we feel in this house, God. I ask you now, God, for these next few moments to give me your words to speak to the hearts and minds of your people. In the name of Jesus, we exercise our dominion. We bind every hindering spirit. We bind every spiritual obstacle, God. Loose your anointing in this house, God. Saturate this house. Anoint your word. And we'll be careful to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. I believe here this morning that one of the great ways to get to know God, to get to know the character of God, is by examining the names of God that are revealed in Scripture. Because in ancient Hebrew culture, a name generally reflected a person's character. You would learn a bit about a person by simply knowing their name because a name uh, was not generally something that was randomly selected. It wasn't like we do nowadays where two parents just hear a name, they like a name, and they assign that name to their children. But but a name was generally meant to, to reflect uh, the character of a, a person. It was indeed not uncommon for parents to uh, give a child a name that reflected uh, the circumstances of their birth or the situation surrounding their birth. But as that child began to grow and those parents began to see other characteristics develop in that child, uh, it was not uncommon for parents uh, to actually go back and change the name uh, of that child uh, to reflect those characteristics that had uh, developed. And so you look at names in scripture, you realize uh, that Satan means opposer or adversary and devil means accuser or slanderer. This uh, tells us about the enemy's roles. It tells us about the enemy's uh, characters. He is uh, an opposer. Uh, He is uh, an accuser. Uh, He would seek to accuse uh, God uh, to man uh, and he would uh, seek to accuse man uh, to God. You look at scripture and you see uh, that the name Jacob means uh, heel grabber or trickster. Uh, And you look at the life of Jacob uh, and you see how Jacob lived up uh, to the ideals of that name. Uh, He was a trickster. Uh, He would trick his brother uh, and steal his birthright. Uh, He would would trick uh, his uncle Laban. We see uh, him live up to the ideals uh, of that name. Uh, But there's also something else you see uh, in the life of Jacob uh, that Jacob 
Jacob had an encounter with God that changed his life. It changed the character of Jacob. And when that character changed, we see that God also changed his name. That God took this trickster and after an encounter with God that changed who he was, God changed his name to Israel, which means one who prevails with God. In fact, you look at scripture and you realize it was not uncommon for God to change somebody's name when their character changed. When God saw a change in who they were, then God would change their name. That's why we get excited whenever we hear the Bible talk about you and I having a new name that's written in glory. I'm so glad that God was able to look at me and say, I know what he used to be. I know what his character used to be. But there's been a change in him, and I'm about to change his name. He's not the man that he used to be. He's not what he was born as. But something has happened, and he's got a new name. There's somebody in this house who has a testimony. You know what you used to be. You know where you used to go. You ought to be excited that when God looks at you, God sees the new you. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Oh, somebody ought to just take a few seconds uh, just to thank God uh, for his grace and mercy. Uh, You don't know like I know uh, what God has brought me from. Uh, You don't know like I know uh, what God has rescued me from. Uh, You don't know like I know uh, how God has changed uh, my name. My God, my God, my God, my God. But the names of God in Scripture provide a revelation of His character. And in our text that we read this morning, uh, we find uh, one of the compound names of God uh, that reveals uh, an aspect uh, of His character. We're reading in the life of Abraham. Uh, and Isaac. And uh, you look at the life of Abraham and you realize uh, that God appeared to Abraham uh, and told Abraham he would have a child uh, that would make him the father uh, of many nations. Uh, And when God appeared to Abraham, uh, he was already an old man uh, without any children. Uh, But he got this promise from God uh, and it seemed uh, that nothing was going to happen. Uh, Year after year passed uh, and the promise uh, had not come uh, to fruition. Uh, And Abraham and Sarah were getting even older and nothing was happening. And then they began, they began to get discouraged. They began to wonder if God had perhaps, if God was needing their help. And they began to try to manufacture the promise of God. They began to make mistakes because they were impatient. But the Bible lets us know that far beyond when it seemed to be impossible, that Sarah gave birth uh, to Isaac uh, and God let them know that it was through Isaac uh, that that promise would be uh, fulfilled. So many years later, God will once again appear to Abraham and tell Abraham uh, to take Isaac, take this promised child uh, to a mountain that he would show him. uh, And as unseemingly as it sounded, he told Abraham to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. And the most incredible thing when you read that is that the Bible lets us know in the very next verse that Abraham gathered Isaac, gathered the servants, gathered the donkey, and began to go do what God told him to do. No questions and 
and no, no wondering. It's just, he got a word from God, uh, and as uh, difficult as it was uh, to obey, uh, in the very next verse, Abraham uh, is acting uh, in obedience to God. And they travel some three days uh, to a mountain that God had shown them. And once they got to that mountain, the Bible lets us know that Abraham, uh, he left the servants behind. Uh, and he and Isaac began to climb that mountain uh, to the place uh, of sacrifice. Uh, and when they made it to the place of sacrifice, uh, Abraham uh, built an altar. Uh, and Abraham laid Isaac uh, on the altar. Uh, Abraham is still acting uh, in obedience to God. Uh, and Abraham uh, lifted the knife. Uh, he was on the verge uh, of sacrificing Isaac uh, when an angel appeared uh, and Stop Abraham and told him not to harm Isaac. That heaven had seen that Abraham was willing to do anything in obedience to God. It was then that Abraham looked and for the first time he saw a ram that was stuck in the bushes. And Abraham then offered that ram as a sacrifice instead of Isaac. In the very next verse, it brings us to our text this morning. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So here... One of the compound names of God uh, is revealed, Jehovah-Jireh, and it means the Lord who uh, provides. In all of Scripture, Genesis 22:14 uh, is the only verse in the Bible uh, that refers to Jehovah-Jireh. It's only revealed to us once uh, in Scripture uh, that this is a part uh, of the nature of God. Uh, but I'm so glad uh, that that is enough. Uh, I'm so glad uh, that that is a part uh, of the nature of God. Uh, he's a God uh, who provides. Uh, I don't know about you here this morning, uh, but I can look back over my life uh, and I can say I would not be uh, who I am today uh, if not for Jehovah. I would not be the man that I am today if not for a God who can provide. The church would not be what the church is today without Jehovah Jireh. You would not be who you are today without Jehovah Jireh, a God who provides. But what does it mean to provide? That might seem like a bit of a silly question. But I was honestly surprised when I began to really study, really dig into the actual meaning, the etymology, the history of the word provide. Because prior to doing that, I would have told you that the root concept of providing is to give or to supply. That's what providing means. It means uh, to give uh, or to supply. When I began to study this, I realized uh, that we get the word provide uh, from the Latin providere. Pro means before. We use pro in many words. It means before. And videre doesn't mean to give. Videre doesn't mean to supply, but videre means to see. It's from the word for daddy that we get words like video. It has everything to do with the ability to see. And so when you combine the two, pro videri, it means simply to see before. 
And so in the truest sense, to provide is to look ahead, to prepare in advance. To act with foresight. When you look at what providing really means, it would appear that seeing is a vital part of truly providing. In fact, it would appear that seeing may be the most important part of truly providing. It is therefore no coincidence that the root word of provision is vision. Because with provision, there's an element of being able to see ahead and to supply what is specifically needed based on what has specifically been seen. And I was surprised. When I began to study this, this wasn't just true in the Latin. It wasn't just true in the English. But time after time, I began to see that this was consistent in the concept of providing. In fact, it's even consistent with what we find in Scripture. I said a few moments ago that Jehovah Jireh means the Lord who provides. But the literal translation of Jehovah Jireh is the Lord who sees. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching here today. The Lord who sees. It's important uh, because you've got to understand uh, that when Abraham says uh, Jehovah Jireh, uh, he's not just saying uh, he's a God uh, who gives me stuff. Uh, he's a God uh, who gives me trinkets. Uh, he's a God uh, who gives me things. Uh, that's not what he's saying. Uh, when Abraham says uh, Jehovah Jireh, he's saying uh, he's the Lord uh, who sees. Uh, he's the Lord uh, who sees me. Uh, he's the Lord uh, who sees where I am. Uh, he's the Lord uh, who sees my circumstances. Uh, he's He's the Lord who sees my family. He's the Lord who sees my yesterdays, my todays, and my tomorrows. He's the Lord who sees, and he's able to give me what I need based on what he can see. My God, my God. I'm preaching this here this morning because if we're not careful, we may be, or we might begin to see the provision of God as some sort of shopping list that you and I can use to go to God to try to get what we think we need based on what we see. But I'm here preaching this morning that it's the vision of God and the foresight of God that plays a vital part uh, of his provision uh, in my life, uh, his provision in your life, uh, his provision uh, in the church. Uh, can I suggest to you here this morning uh, that the greatest comfort uh, in the provision of God uh, lies not uh, in what he can do, uh, but it lies uh, in what he can see. Uh, because the ability of God uh, doesn't mean much uh, if he, if he uh, can't see where we are. Uh, it doesn't matter what God uh, can do. If God cannot see and the enemy would have you convinced that you serve a God who doesn't see what you're facing. He'll have you convinced that you serve a God who doesn't know what you're going through. He'll have you convinced that you and your family are on an island and nobody sees and nobody knows. But I've come to preach Jehovah Jireh, a God who sits high and looks low. I've come to preach Jehovah Jireh, a God. God, who sees where you are. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. 
And as you read there in Genesis 22, you read that when Abraham and Isaac were making their way to the place of sacrifice, that Isaac was smart enough, old enough to look around and have some questions. He says, I see the wood. I see the fire for the sacrifice. But where is the actual sacrifice? Isaac is looking around and what he can see raises more questions than answers. I wonder if anybody can be transparent enough to say I've been there trying to go where God is calling me. Trying to go where God is taking me. Trying to go to the place of sacrifice. And what I see raises more questions than answers. How can I do what God is calling me to do? I look around and it seems like something is missing. And when Isaac asked that question, Abraham answered in verse 8 that God would provide the lamb. God would provide the sacrifice. Once again, the word uh, that's translated provide uh, in that verse uh, literally means uh, see to it. That God uh, would uh, see uh, to it. That's that confidence I'm trying uh, to preach into somebody's spirit. Uh, No doubt Abraham had uh, his own questions. Uh, God uh, has told me to do something that I can't even quite fathom. uh, And I don't know exactly uh, what's going to happen on this mountaintop. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, what all's going to transpire. Uh, He says, but this one confidence uh, I do have. Uh, I don't have all the answers, uh, but I have the confidence uh, that God will uh, see to it. Uh, I've come to preach that confidence uh, into somebody spirit uh, as you go to the place where God uh, is trying to take you uh, you've got to have that confidence uh, God will uh, see to it uh, I don't know how uh, it's going to work out uh, but God will uh, see to it uh, I've got more questions uh, than answers uh, but God will uh, see uh, to it oh my God my God my God and when Abraham got to the place of sacrifice. God did not provide Abraham with just something. God provided Abraham with the very thing that he needed in order to do what God had called him to do. Nothing else that God could have given Abraham at that moment would have helped him the way the ram in the bush helped him. Because we serve a God who sees ahead. A God who sees all. Once again, a God who sees where you are, sees where your family is, sees where he's trying to take you, and he will supply what you need in order to perform what God is calling you to do. You look at the life of Abraham, and you find many examples of God being able to see ahead. I like it when you look at the relationship that God has with Abraham and you realize that when God first appealed to Abraham, when God first chose to use Abraham, his name was Abram. It wasn't Abraham. It was Abram. And Abram means exalted father. Yet at the time when God chose to use him, Abram was 75 years old 
and had no children. Hear this. God chose to use a man called uh, Exalted Father when he was 75 years old uh, and had uh, no children. God uh, is able to look ahead. And then the second time God appeared to Abram, Abram was now even older. And now he had one child. But that child was the fruit of his disbelief and disobedience. And it was then that God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which meant father of a multitude. Every time I think about that, that does something to me. That God did not wait until Isaac was born to change his name. But the same God who was able to look ahead and choose his exalted father when he had no children was able to look ahead again and look at this man who only had one child as the fruit, the evidence of his disbelief. And God says, before Isaac is even born, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to call you the father of a multitude. Because in my provision, I can look ahead and I can see the man that you're about to be. I'm so thankful for the provision of God in my life. I'm so thankful that so many times in my life, God did not deal with me based on where I was. But God knew where he was going to take me. He was able to call me great when I was small. He was able to call me anointed when I was fallen. He was able to call me used when I had no word. My God. My God. I could stand here for the next two hours give you example after example of the provision of God in my life provision of God in my family as pastor mentioned a few moments ago my family we were missionaries in Liberia West Africa for some 33 years and one story that always seems to resonate with people that know our life story is the story of the waterbed my family had been in Africa on and off since the mid-60s, before I was born. My parents were in Africa. And we've been in Liberia since the early 70s, uh, once again, before I was born. But spent all this time in, in sub-Saharan Africa and in Liberia. And in all that time, all those decades, we had never owned a waterbed. Probably never even considered a waterbed. But then one time, before we were to go back to Liberia, my older sister just got it into her spirit that she had to have a waterbed. Just adamant she had to have a waterbed. My father told her no and, you know, no, he's not going to spend money on a waterbed. We never had a waterbed. And, and if you know my dad, <laughs> you don't know him. He's a retired drill sergeant. He was a drill sergeant before he became a missionary. Usually once you get a no from a drill sergeant. It's a pretty firm no. But there was just something she just persisted, that she had to have a waterbed. Finally, my dad happened to be at a garage sale, saw a waterbed. 
and bought it. He says mainly just to get her to shut up, just, just to quiet her up. And he just saw a waterbed, and it was cheap enough, and he bought it just to get her quiet. We took that waterbed back to Liberia, and within a matter of months after arriving, the Civil War broke out in Liberia that had my family and myself trapped in our home for 17 days. Constant gunfire for 17 days. We would not have survived that ordeal without the water in that waterbed. Now that's not a ton of money. I'm sure he didn't pay him a lot of money for that. That's not a million dollars. But nothing else would have saved us in that circumstance than that water in that garage sale waterbed. I'm preaching here about a God uh, who can look ahead. A God who sees. A God who knows. A God who knows your tomorrow. A God who's not caught off guard. A God uh, who's not caught by surprise. Uh, a God uh, who knows the end uh, from the beginning. A God uh, that you can count on. A God uh, that you can be confident in. Uh, a God uh, who is able uh, to uh, provide. Sometimes, sometimes this God will provide experiences. Something that he will have you face today that is meant to prepare you for where he's taking you. And while you're going through it, it might not make sense. And while you're going through it, you might think that God uh, has forsaken you. But God is trying uh, to provide. God uh, in his provision uh, is trying to prepare you uh, for where uh, he's trying to take you. Uh, I'm thinking now uh, about David. Uh, David in that wilderness uh, watching his father's sheep. Uh, and a lion comes uh, and attacks his father's sheep. Uh, and David is placed uh, in a position where uh, he has to stand uh, and face a lion. Uh, and then a bear comes uh, and attacks his father's sheep. Uh, and once again David uh, in the wilderness uh, all by himself uh, has to stand uh, and face a bear uh, and it might be able to, to you, he could start to seem uh, or feel uh, a bit forsaken uh, why uh, am I placed uh, in these circumstances uh, and perhaps none of this uh, makes any sense uh, until David uh, is standing uh, before Goliath uh, and David then uh, begins to review his testimony uh, David then uh, is able to tell Saul uh, the only reason uh, I'm prepared uh, for what God uh, wants me to do uh, is that one day uh, I was watching my father's sheep uh, and a lion came uh, and attacked my father's sheep uh, and God gave me the victory uh, over that lion uh, and then a bear came uh, and attacked my father's sheep uh, and God gave me the victory uh, over that bear. Uh, I didn't understand then uh, why I had to face it. Uh, I didn't understand then uh, why I had to fight it uh, but now uh, I understand uh, that God uh, and his provision uh, was preparing me uh, for what was to come my God 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 and that provision of God is not based on what we see you've always got to remember that it's based on what he sees and I'm glad about that 
Because if God had performed in my life based on what I saw, based on what I thought should happen, I don't know where I would be today. But the provision of God is based on what he can see, and he sees it all. He sees it all. But no doubt, the greatest example of the provision of God is revealed in the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. The provision of God, the ability of God to look ahead is revealed even immediately in the garden. When Adam and Eve failed, they sinned, broke the relationship between God and man. And God appears and God tells them the consequences of their failure. But in that same conversation, God begins to talk to them about how the seed of the woman would one day bruise the head of the serpent. That's the, the provision. Adam and Eve didn't understand what was happening. But we know now that the provision of God was already being revealed. Because this is the only passage in scripture where the Bible refers to the seed of the woman. Because biologically the woman has no seed. And in every other case in scripture the Bible refers to the seed of the man. But in this one instance, the provision of God is speaking. And God is saying, yes, you've fallen. Yes, there has been enmity between God and man. But one day, a child is going to be born. And he's not going to be the seed of any man. I can't call him the seed of a man because he's not going to have an earthly father. But one day that child is going to be born and through him mankind is going to be redeemed. The provision of God is already speaking in the garden. Yes, things are bleak now, but it will not always be so. Yes, you're cast away now, but it will not always be so. One day a child is going to be born and through him will be redemption through him mankind and God will be reunited in an intimate way through him he will bear the sins of the world he will redeem you from the curse of the law the curse of the grave he who knows no sin will become sin so you can become the righteousness of God in him through him you who are once afar off have been brought near to him uh, through him, uh, you'll be able to enter uh, the holy uh, of holies. <sighs> Provision of God is already being manifested from the moment that mankind has fallen. There's just something about that. Every time, Pastor, I consider the thought that when the angels fell, God was able to turn his back on them, never redeem them. The Bible says, for surely it's not the angels that he helps, but the seed of Abraham. That there's something in the mind of God where he's able to say, when the angels fall, I can let them go and never redeem them. But there's something about when he looked at mankind. I can't let them go. Yes, they've fallen. 
but I've got to provide. Yes, they've fallen, but I've got to make a way of redemption. My God, you might be here this morning. You might be in a fallen place. You might be here this morning. Uh, you might be in a cast down place. Uh, you might be here this morning. Uh, you might have failed God time uh, after time uh, after time. Uh, but I'm here preaching uh, in the provision of God. Uh, I'm here preaching uh, that you serve a God uh, who has provided a way uh, of escape. Uh, you serve a God uh, who has provided a means uh, for redemption. Uh, you serve a God uh, who doesn't want to leave you where you are. My God, you serve a God who knew, he knows you can't do it on your own. He knows you can't be the man that you want to be on your own. You can't be the lady that you want to be on your own. So he has provided a way. You can repent of your sins. You can make up your mind. I don't want to be what I've always been. I want to walk in a new direction. God, with your help, everything is going to change. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus, buried with him in baptism. You rise out of that water. It's not just a rite. It's not just a sacrament. It's not just tradition. But something supernatural happens. When you're buried in the name of Jesus, you rise out, you rise to walk in a newness of life. Old things passed away. When God looks at you, the Bible says, for as many as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. When God looks at you, he no longer sees what you used to be. Put on Christ. Everything has changed. You can receive the Spirit of God so totally in your life. It's been provided. And He can so consume who you are that He takes control of even what the Bible calls the most unruly, the most untamable member of the body, the tongue. And you find yourself all of a sudden ha, speaking a language that you didn't learn. Because the Spirit of God has so completely overshadowed everything that you are. God has provided that for you. God and His provision has made a way so you can rise above your past, rise above your failures, rise above your sin, and rise and walk in a newness of life. I'm preaching here today a God who sees God knows what you're facing. A God who knows what you will face, knows what is to come. And a God whose provision is sufficient. That when God provides, God doesn't just give you stuff. Doesn't just give you things. God gives you exactly what you need in order to make it where he's trying to take you place where he's trying to call you. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. 
something about that last part of that verse. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. That what God has seen all along, what God and his provision has already seen, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. That the day will come where all will be able to see what God has seen in his provision. I might not see it now, but in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. It will be revealed what God knew all along, what God saw all along in the mount of the Lord. It shall be seen. Abraham did not see the provision until he got all the way to the place of sacrifice. The entire journey, all he had was something on the inside that says God will see to it. All he had on the inside was a confidence that God was God. I don't see the provision. I don't see the provision. Abraham didn't see it until he got all the way to the place of sacrifice uh, until he got to the mount uh, of the Lord. I'm preaching here uh, to somebody. Uh, it might not be revealed now, uh, but you've got to have confidence uh, in the provision uh, of God. Uh, God, my vision uh, doesn't matter as much uh, as your provision, uh, but I do believe uh, if I keep walking, uh, I do believe uh, if I keep climbing, uh, I do believe uh, if I keep obeying, uh, I do believe uh, if I keep doing uh, that one day, uh, I'm going to look and I'm going to say now I see what the provision of God has always seen. Now I see the ram. Now I see the sacrifice. Now I see what God has seen. And we stand all over this building. Come this morning to preach a simple message. Come to preach a simple confidence into your spirit Jehovah Jireh there's a God who sees there's a God who knows there's a God who has seen what is to come I've come to preach against the whispers of the enemy that will have you convinced as you climb to the place of sacrifice and you look around you don't see it. Or have you second-guessing yourself? Wondering if you've really heard from God. Wondering if you're really climbing in the right direction. Can you really go where God is trying to take you? Come to preach Jehovah Jireh. There's a God who sees. A God who has seen. And if you don't faint, if you don't throw in the towel, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be. Everybody is going to be able to see what God has seen all along. You're going to be able to see what God has seen all along. If you're here this morning, you don't have a real relationship with God. It's time to partake in his provision. Don't leave the way you came. 
the provision of God is sufficient for everybody in this house, no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing. God sees and God knows. God will supply. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, let a confidence sweep over you right now. I'm not alone. Come on, let a confidence uh, sweep over you right now. I am not alone. Uh, it doesn't matter what it feels like. Uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Uh, I am not alone. Uh, there's a God in heaven uh, who look, who sits high uh, and looks low. Uh, there's a God in heaven uh, who knows where I am. Uh, there's a God in heaven uh, who sees. Uh, and there's a God in heaven uh, who will uh, see to it uh, in my life. Uh, there's a God in heaven uh, who can uh, and will provide. She out of oh God. Oh, come on, let there be confidence in this house. Let there be a confidence in this house this morning. Let there be a confidence in this house in Jehovah Jireh. Let there be a confidence in this house this morning. Let it sweep through you right now. She out of oh God. Oh, come on, that's it. Find a place. Find a place. Find a place this morning where you can reach out to God. Let Him baptize you now. Oh, come on, something's happening. Something's happening in this house. There's a lifting taking place. There's a lifting taking place. See you. Jehovah Jireh is here. Jehovah Jireh is here. Something is happening in this house. Something is happening in this house. 